Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. A leper came to him and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I apologize if any of you were surprised that we have a prayer service today and not a Holy Mass. Uh, You will not be able to receive Holy Communion at this service, I'm afraid to say. Nevertheless, our prayer is that today you will hear His voice, uh, and that this will be an occasion to encounter the living God. So this week at the daily Mass readings, we've heard again and again and again about healings, This whole first week of ordinary time, the first chapter of St. Mark's Gospel, right? Nothing but healings. So on Tuesday, uh, if you recall, if you were here, we heard the demon cast out of the man in the synagogue. Christ, with a simple word of command, come out of him. The demon was expelled from the man, and all the people who were gathered there whispered to one another in awe, saying, what is this? What new kind of authority? This man speaks with something new that even the unclean spirits obey him. And then on Wednesday, yesterday, we heard the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. And again, just with a touch, this woman who was confined to her sickbed, who was near death, was raised up and stood on her own two feet and came and served him. And now today, in the final verses of this first chapter, a leper came to him. Now, I don't have to tell you, good Christian people, intelligent as you are, the state of lepers in Jesus' day, right? The lepers were the ultimate outcasts, the most ostracized of the whole society. Uh, They were not permitted to enter a city, so they couldn't pass through the city gates. And if they dared to draw near to any place, even out in the wilderness where normal, healthy people dwelt, they had to come ringing a bell and crying out, unclean, unclean, so that the rest of the people would know to draw back and stay away from them. 
Now, this law, the Mosaic law against uh, leprosy, well, it's not without good reason, of course, because leprosy is an incredibly debilitating disease, uh, deadly, highly contagious, and they did not know how to cure it. And so the prescription of the law, the restriction on lepers, um, was for the sake of the whole community. So to preserve the health of the many, the few were treated with great harshness by the law. I'm sure I don't have to draw the parallels to our present situation either in the midst of this long pandemic, we're 10 months in and counting, with no end really in sight. Father Ron spoke yesterday about the spirit of fear which enslaves us. And if any of you have dared to walk down a street without a mask on any time in the last year or so, you would know the kind of reception this leper would have received as he draws near to Jesus. The people would have stood back first with alarm and then with anger. How dare he? How dare this man draw near? He's not even crying out, unclean, unclean. He's coming right up to him. But let me propose that this leper, in fact, is presented to us as a model. After all, the church is presenting us these occasions of healing, this first week of ordinary time, because it's so imperative that we go to the Lord to be healed as we embark upon a new year. And the leper is our great model of how to go to the Lord. He goes before Jesus with humility and with confidence. And those two are not opposed. Sometimes we might think of humility as being something like shame. And confidence we might think as something like arrogance. But true Christian humility and confidence go together. It's as if they're married. Where you find one, you always find the other. Because true humility brings about confidence. Not in me, but in the Lord. So look at what this leper says. First, what he says with the language of his body. He comes near to Jesus, and kneeling down, he begs him. Now, the Jews were notorious in the ancient world because they would not bow the knee to anyone on earth, not even to the emperor. So when this leper comes before Jesus and falls to his knees, he's proclaiming with his body, I believe and I confess that you are the Lord, that you are God. After all, he's seen the healings and the exorcisms that have taken place too, that we've been hearing about this week. So he kneels before God. And yet, St. Bede says very beautifully, he falls on his face, right? This, in Greek, proskinesis, this gesture of complete self-abnegation. He falls on his face, which was at once a gesture of lowliness and of shame, to show that every man should blush for the stains of his life. But his shame did not stifle his confession. He showed his wound and begged for medicine. And therein lies the confidence. And here again the words that he says with such great simplicity, if you wish, you can make me clean. See, his confidence is not in himself, his confidence is in the Lord. So he doesn't come crying out unclean, unclean, this false identity which has been foisted upon him and which no doubt over the long years of his illness he's come to believe that he is at the root of his being, an unclean one, one who's not worthy of love, one who could not dare to presume that approaching another human being that he would receive a warm welcome. But he comes rather crying out the truth of Jesus' identity, which he confesses in faith. You are God, 
And if you wish, you and you alone can make me clean. Now we see the effect that this simple, humble, and bold petition has upon the heart of God, the divine and human heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a wonderful word in Greek that I want you to know. And this word is, see if I can get this, splachnistes. If you're ever having a bad day, say splachnistes to yourself three times and you'll feel better. It's a great word. Not only because of how it sounds, but what it means. Because this word means, it was translated in our lectionary as moved with pity, but really it's the seizing of the gut. If you've ever seen a loved one in pain or in distress, you know what it feels like to have splachnistes because it's a deep, in the, in the depths of the being, of your body, really, as if, your, as if your gut is seized up and you have to go and help them. And this is the word which is applied to Jesus, not by accident, but because he's filled with such love for humanity that when he encounters our misery, it's as if he can't help himself. He wants to come at once and to heal. So he's moved with pity and he stretches out his hand and he touches the leper. Now, only a madman or God would dare to touch a leper. And our God does so. And so the scripture scholar Erasmo Leva Merikakis, in a great book called Fire of Mercy, Heart of the Word, he says this. I want to share this with you. The sick man had asked Jesus only for a movement of the will, right? If you wish, you can make me clean. After all, Jesus cast out the demon with just a word. Just say the word, Lord, you can make me clean. But Jesus accompanies his assenting will with an assenting heart, eager to embrace and communicate life intimately, fully, in body as well as in spirit. And so he touches the man in his concreteness, in his individuality, in his misery, in his shame. For the glory of God gravitates toward misery and takes up its dwelling in the low places that have been hollowed out to prepare its arrival. And at once the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. Now this attitude of the leper, humility and confidence, this is exactly what St. Paul is exhorting us to so urgently in this reading we heard from the letter to the Hebrews. Now our lectionary says, I don't particularly like this translation, that we must hold the beginning of the reality firm until the end. I don't like it because it's not really clear what that means. But another translation, which I prefer, says, we must keep our original confidence firm until the end. Got that? So he's writing, he's, he's, he's telling us, you know, recalling the story of the Israelites who were called out of Egypt. And in the beginning, they were confident, weren't they? When they passed through the Red Sea without getting their feet wet, they saw the waters parted, and then they turned back and they saw the waves crash down upon all the forces of Pharaoh, and the chariots and charioteers were swept away. Then they, they were confident at the beginning of their journey, but it was once they were out in the wilderness that their confidence was shaken in the desert, and when they began to feel hungry and thirsty. And so, the Lord says, they tested me and tried me. Does he really care about us? Is he really looking out for us? Is he really going to take care of us? Is he powerful enough to see us through to the end of this journey? 
Is he a good father? Or did he call us out here just to watch us die, to see us suffer? If you pray the Liturgy of the Hours regularly, which we just prayed an hour of it here, you will know that at the beginning of every day we pray Psalm 95, which ends with this word that we heard St. Paul quote, we heard in the responsorial psalm, you know, this, this chilling word of judgment upon the faithless, the fate of the faithless and the hard-hearted. They saw my works for 40 years, and they did not know my ways. And so I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Truly, a terrifying judgment of the Lord. And he not only says there's no rest for the wicked, right? He swears it. St. Augustine says it's a great thing for God to speak, but how much greater is it for him to swear? You should fear a man when he swears, lest he do something on account of his oath, which he does not will. How much more then should you fear God when he swears? But note well, what the Lord is swearing here is not sort of his divine retribution on those who refuse to believe, but it's the simple and sure consequence of those whose hearts become hardened. So look again to the Israelites, where there was confidence in the beginning. Because their confidence was shaken, they developed a habit of heart of not trusting in the Lord, a habit of what we call sinful self-reliance. And over time, their hearts became hardened. And due to this cardiosclerosis, hardening of the heart, they could no longer trust in the Lord. They lost the ability they had in the beginning to trust in him. Now, that ability can be restored by recalling what the Lord has done for us. So don't despair if you feel that your heart has become hard. You can always return and recall the good things the Lord has done for you in the past, and he will restore your youth like the eagles, as the psalm says, right? But the point is, we're all in danger of this. Our hearts can become hardened, and over time, we stop trusting in him, we lose that humility which causes us to kneel before God. And rather, we turn in on ourselves and we say, I'm not going to rely on, on him or anybody else. I'm going to rely on myself, on my own powers. And we also lose the confidence which the leper so clearly exhibits for us. So, good Christian people, encourage yourselves daily while it is still today, St. Paul says. And let us not fear to show the Lord our sins and wounds and weakness in our prayer, particularly in the sacraments. After all, we see he's not disgusted by the leper who kneels before him. Rather, splachnistes, he's moved with mercy. I'll close with these words from Erasmo Leva Maricakis. They're so, so sublime. Christ's fingers which had so joyfully created man out of the clay of the earth, now exult as they receive admission into poor human flesh in need of regeneration. And where men flee the leprous contagion, the divine compassion seeks it, is only at home on earth where its impulse to heal can go about its work. Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. I do will it. Be made clean. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.